So welcome to another Techman Talks Dynamics podcast. And this um, this is a bit of a dry subject because it's customer contracts and um, in effect how partners relate to and sometimes are not in the best interests of customers. Yeah, I think uh, it popped up in a discussion we were having the other week because we had a customer that was looking to, to move across and then suddenly they found out there was a whole bunch of hurdles that they had to get across before that could happen. Um, and they weren't aware, uh, not always the partner's fault, by the way, but they weren't aware of what they'd agreed to in terms of licensing. And then we started talking about other things that can impact customers and, and things to be aware of. So I suppose it's a bit of a list of gotchas to be make sure you don't fall into if you're, if you're you know, signing up with a partner or agreeing a, a chunk of work. And I think most customers are fairly... Um, understandably ignorant about how they you know how they are their relationship with a partner how um, dependent they are is probably the word I could use. I think one of the big pluses for choosing a solution um, like Business Central is that they will say you can just pick it up and move it to another partner yeah. Yeah. so I think if the assumption I will, yeah yeah so it's so if something happens to that partner if the relationship doesn't work out um, or you know you want to move to a partner that's maybe more specialised into the in the areas that you work in, then one of the beauties is you can just pick it and move it. However, what we found is it isn't always that easy. So depending on uh, depending on how your system is structured, how your contract is structured, how your licensing is structured, your development, it, yeah. you it might not be as easy to move as you think it is. And some of those contracts might be a few years old, and you know perhaps signed by people that are no longer at the organisation and has, has anybody got a copy? Yeah. So, so it, it's it's only when you're having that difficult discussion with the partner that you probably find out what... what and it's the, the detail, detail that is what's involved. I mean, you know, this is divorce in, in the true sense of the word, isn't it? Because, okay, you might want to, you know, kick out the old one and, and, and move a younger model in. But um, <laughs> getting rid of the old one uh, can, you know, once... You particularly if lawyers... Uh, <laughs> yeah, particularly if the lawyers get involved, it's going to get uh, it's gonna get messy and, you know, um, and all the rest of it. So... I think there's lots of instances over the years where we've um, we've seen it from both sides. Where you know when when we do have had a customer leave, they haven't really realised the implications of, of some of the services that we provide, and the new partner's gone in there in blissful ignorance and gone, yeah, I could do all of that, and then gone, oh, actually, I can't do that bit, which is critical to the customer, and it all falls apart. And this is even more important when you're in the, the, the SaaS environment because you're really going to get these monthly updates where any software that you've got that is um, that is non-standard, so whether it's a, a, an ISV solution or, or, or custom bespoke, it has to be ready for the new version. So if you if you move partners, you need to consider whether or not you have that. And, and, and I guess what we ability. If, if we break this down, we've got we've got some contractual restrictions between you and the partner. Yeah. There's some technical restrictions that you need to consider. Yeah. And there's also some licensing. Between the end user and Microsoft. And Microsoft that yeah. you need to consider. So, yeah, so Microsoft. there's different Okay. Kind of so should we start, with, start, 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 start with licensing? Because that's, that's licensing. the most exciting. That's, that's the easy. Well, that's the, one that I guess, that's the one that's changed quite <laughs> recently, hasn't it? So that's, yeah. uh, that, that, that's the one that has changed, which a lot of people won't be aware of. So I think everyone's aware of the subscription model. Um, and there's been two instances which has caught people out that we've been speaking to recently. The new stuff that's happening with Microsoft from the 1st of April is if you want to spin up a brand new agreement with them, 
their CSP model has changed to something called NCE, New Commerce Experience, and that means you now sign up for a, a term, a period of time. So that can be one month, 12 months, and allegedly we'll be able to do 36 months as well in the very shortly. Um, if you sign up for that, you are tied to that partner for that period of time. You also obviously can't remove your uh, user account below a certain level for that term, and you can't change partners within that so term. So what, what if something happened to that partner? What if that partner went bust? Well, I think if that partner went bust, Microsoft would, would have to step in um, because... Mm. So, so contractually, they don't. I mean, and, you know, I was on a call with lots of uh, CEOs of lots of different partners. You were on it as well. And they were saying, well, to protect ourselves... Because it's a 12-month contract and and we as the partner are going to have to pay for that 12 months, we're going to charge 12 months up front. Yeah. Now, they're taking 12, wor 12 months worth of subscription up front, but they're only paying Microsoft per month. Yeah. So, you know, Microsoft would be right within the contracts. Microsoft would be well within their rights if that partner was no longer there after six months of saying, well, we're not getting paid, we're turning it off, and you pay for 12 months. Now... 12 months is one thing, three years is a very different thing. And and partly why, you know, maybe a three-year agreement there needs to be a very different um, payment model other than the upfront payment. We're not doing that, are we? We're taking no, payment we, each month as, as during as, that period. Yeah, absolutely. We, we've got the ability to do that. I mean, those partners also said they, there are some that they will only do a monthly agreement with. Yeah. There's a 20% premium for that. So yeah. you pay extra for it, but they said that you know some of the customers are quite happy to. That's a, that's a monthly agreement with Microsoft as well. It's back to back. So, it's back yeah. to back. so, so yeah. if, if I want to stop after three months, I can do, but I have to pay that twenty percent premium on the monthly. Correct. I mean, we should make the point that the partners, if the partners sign a twelve-month agreement, okay, with Microsoft, even if the customer goes bust and the partner's no longer getting paid, the partner still now has to pay Microsoft. Mm. Which may so, drive behaviour by the partner. Which, which is, is why it's driving the behaviour yeah. to charge the 12 months up front. But, you know, that 12 months up front, suddenly it's great for the partner's cash flow. They've got the money for 12 months, but then if they get to the end of it and they haven't got the cash, there's a problem there. So, it, it for me, this is a shame that Microsoft have changed, changed it from pay, you know, um, just a straightforward, just subscription. a straightforward subscription, and I think it's a retrograde step. But they've done it, and, and there's not a lot we can do about yeah. it. I mean, the one thing I'd say on the the different length of terms, I can't see a reason yet why you would sign up for a 36 month agreement. Microsoft are not offering you a price incentive to sign up yeah. for longer. It, so fix, don't do it, 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 it fixes your price. price. It fixes your price. It can't go up. Um, but in the current model, if they announced a price increase, you can, you you could try you, to extend in, in the. In the 26 days or something you could yeah well I suppose the MCE, you, notice, you, sign, you could sign the three years but you, but you're locked into that yeah, partner for the, for, the 12, three, for the three years as well though. you are well, you're locked into the, the point. partner and yeah. that's the point we're trying to get across today people aren't always aware they think they fix their price yeah. but that also fixes so, you as so a partner can they could they fix could they take the contract for the licensing for three years but then obviously have a separate support agreement which is annual law yeah, that's going to be messy though isn't it because you know um, admin rights that's another potential issue that we should touch on as well. I mean, let, let's... The delegated I, admin rights might get you around that. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. so let's be clear. I think that it is every customer should really have a situation where they can move partner as easily as possible to move. Um, 
and I think because primarily when I've got my customer hat on, if I'm looking at that, the best way of getting the best service from your partner is to have the the option of going to a different partner. It's what you said earlier, Liz. And I think you know if um, if you are have a good relationship with your partner, but hey, look, look, you know, partners get acquired. We've seen another one in the last week or so get acquired yeah. by Telefonica, Spanish Telecom. You know, and 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 kind of what's going to happen to them and and you yeah, see lots of people move the focus of the business can change yeah. i think i think 12 months is a reasonable time to commit to a contract but i'd be dubious about committing to it for 3 years because yeah. lots can happen in 3 years about ownership about the people who work there around the quality of service yeah. and if you're tied in for that period of time hmm, um I don't think that's probably in your best interest. And has there been any time before NCE longer than 12 months with Microsoft? You know, with, with Microsoft no, for you, a customer? Well, you could buy a BREP and you could, again, you pay could it for three, three years. years. A BREP, which was the old, obviously paying the annual maintenance. But you uh, could transfer that between partners. But you could transfer it between partners, but typically you'd have paid for it Plus, it front. was kind of easy to separate license and support then, wasn't it? It was. Yeah, wasn't it? Wasn't well, they were infinitely connected in a SaaS yeah, system. Yeah, unless you needed objects well, or and whatever. You, and you did pay for it up front, so when you moved it, even if you moved six months in, you'd already paid for the next... Yeah. six months remaining and the partner then would just invoice you your new partner would invoice you when it came around to renewal so it wasn't such a difficult uh, challenge support contracts were we used to have people who said yeah. I've signed up I'm not happy after six months but I've paid for 12 months so that well, was the decision support contracts in general in my experience are three month notice periods but if you've paid That's for right. the full 12 anyway mm. then I mean we charge most of our new businesses is now on, is on monthly support but a, a lot month. of our customers have chosen monthly support but it's a 12 month contract yeah. so that's that's another one to watch as well then. and you know from a partner perspective if you don't have um, if you just did month to month to month you know your ability to invest into your support team um, when when the revenue might drop off a cliff. Yeah, and there is potentially. a cost to onboarding a customer. Yeah. You yeah. know, we we when when we take a customer either from projects or when we ta- when when somebody moves across from another partner, there is a period Time where um, yeah. there is a big investment in that customer to get up to speed on what they do. Um, that you know the floodgates do open you know yeah, there is yeah. a high volume of call in those early months we need to make sure that that as a partner we can we can justify those um, that amount of work that get, goes into to, to onboarding a customer particularly one that may not that may have developed things that we're not familiar and, with and, and even you know uh, a transfer in from another partner Typically, there's a high volume of calls initially because the reason they're transferring is yeah, that they're not getting the answers well, and there's a backlog generally a happy customer doesn't transfer so if they yes. if they move then then usually it's because there's a host of issues they need resolving and then if they realize that there's someone on the end of the phone that's going to help them then those floodgates will open yes and we <laughs> yeah so, so, so that's, that's that's the kind of the license there's, there's one more license there's yeah. one more license issue and that is microsoft two years ago and near enough did the promotion to allow you to pay your annual maintenance Monthly. Oh, this is the COVID kind of COVID thing to help people with cash flow. Yeah. And what we found is, if then if someone has signed up for that, and you could extend it for I think two two further years, so there's probably a year of eighteen months left for people on that. If you then move partners, um, you can't. We couldn't onboard you with that promotion because that promotion is no longer available. So as you move across, that's not available to us on the price list for a new customer. Okay. So so if you if you were on prep and you uh, were traditionally CSP, you you yeah. were pay, you were paying annually 
you moved to that agreement where you were paying monthly. Correct. And you move partner, what, what would you so say? So as a move do? partner now, you wouldn't be able to carry on with that promotion. Yep. We could put you on the evolved version of that, which is called the bridge to the cloud, but you cannot then go back to annual maintenance at the end of three or four years. So could, you're, could, you you're go, could you just go back to annual BREP? You can, you go, you'd have to go back to annual BREP, but, but you've got to wait on your 12th month because you're obviously committed. You've already paid maybe three, four, five months of your yeah. thing. You can't just pay the balance, so you've got to wait, which is fine. That customer, in where we, we discovered this, we've they're, they're going to move across on their, their um, annual maintenance, move their support across. Keep paying the partner for the next few months on yeah. on the maintenance, and then they'll move across when, okay. when you're it's, it's, it's it did, did, You know, this is well. It, there's a hell of a lot to keep you um, get your head around, isn't yeah, there? there? Are. Lots yeah. of dish and options, and that's before we even start on the technical stuff. Yeah, it's not always so it's, that, also, it's it. not always so just the now with licensing. No, it, it, you've got to deal with what. Yeah, the, the yeah. history, the legacy of it. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. yeah, and that's that's one. I mean, that will eventually die out because that promotion finishes. Yeah. I think in probably twelve months' time. But um, yeah, it's interesting for people that are on it because for some people they don't want to make their commitment. They're going to go full cloud um, in terms of the licensing model, the subscription model, because there's different economics at the end of the promotion. So yeah. So okay, so that, that's the licensing as far as I'm aware. Unless something else goes. Uh, Twenty out, minutes right? gone. Yeah, yeah we have to do another one next week with another dice. <laughs> another scenario pops up. Yeah. Yeah. So the technical side of it, I mean, I think you know, uh, systems aren't used in isolation anymore, are they? Um, so in effect, um, you know, it's very unusual to have uh, NAV BC sitting on a set of servers, not talking to any external services. And yeah, we um, very logically, as a partner, I know over the last few years, we've constructed more and more kind of cloud services that our customer systems talk to, to do specific things. So uh, yeah, EDI is probably the classic one where it comes up to us, we do all the conversion in the cloud and then we stick it into whichever trading partner they've got. Um, integrations with people. Integrations like quite often. And, yeah. um, uh, Amazon, eBay, those kinds of integrations where they're sort of similar. All, all the shipping agent integration, you know, again, goes up into a, a cloud service. And, and that means we can, A, monitor it because it comes, if it's got a, an integration aspect, there's a communications as, aspect dependency anyway, so there's no over, no um, thing. And it's far easier, far cheaper for us to manage one system centrally than lots of individual customer systems. The problem is, if you're not aware of this dependency is, you go tran you know, transfer and suddenly we're saying, well, we're still providing this for you. Yeah. And how are you going to remove that over? And you know, the cutover of that can be either way, in or out, can be quite complex. So there is a, there is a, a more, um, a higher level of dependency, if you like, between, I think, a partner and a customer than there's been historically. Um, it's not just a case of talking, um, Verbally or via email, it's it's you know there's all sorts yeah, of. Um, I think it, it's important that customers understand where their data is and who has responsibility. Uh, and the, the kind of structure of their system. That, yeah, and the structure of the the communications in and out of those systems. You know the old kind of network diagrams. It's not a network anymore. It 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 it's so much more than that. But I think that kind of. Um, diagram is really important. The diagram typically shows going from your system up to this big fluffy cloud. Unfortunately, yeah, but, you know, but, but it, once you're up there, you need to navigate through that cloud yeah, and it, out the it, other yeah, side. And, yeah, and yeah, who's cloud? Who yes, owns who's that cloud? cloud? Who manages that cloud? One of the other challenges we've got now as well is that going back 
you know, not so many years ago, the list of third-party add-ons, you know, the popular ones, the, the yeah, main uh, ones that most yeah. partners were dealing there with, was the pretty, pretty well really much all that. partners knew, it, you know, understood them. I, I, you know, if they didn't have active customers using it, wouldn't be averse to taking it yeah. on and supporting and usually, it. There was usually somebody in the organisation who'd worked with it yeah, before and, yeah. and could. These days, when you've got two and a half thousand apps sat on App Source, supporting that as a partner gets obviously yeah, we certainly, impossible. We certainly couldn't guarantee to any prospective transfer that we could support all the all yeah, the from App Source, all the yeah. all the words well, so going to um, uh, all the third party or the ISV yeah. apps that they have. But the thing so is, you know, the, the thing you use, uh, a number of times I sat in front of a customer and said, well, look, if it's working now, we can keep it working. We can keep it stable yeah. until. And when it was on-prem and it had been there for 18 months, two years, five years, whatever it was, you could be relatively confident if it, you know, uh, 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 that was the situation. In the SaaS world, where it's going to, you know, you're only 30 days away from a change, Okay, you have to understand you know, when the changes come in from Microsoft of what they're changing in this um, this CU um, update. We've got to be able to look at those, understand the implications for that customer, and for that you need to understand how that customer is engineered in quite some detail um, to be able to make it work. So, you know, it's we arguably used to kick the can down the road and and support their existing. Uh, implementation while the new implementation while we were redeploying onto a yeah. clean a nice clean copy that was a very common model where we'd support the old one for 12 months while the new one was coming together in a SaaS world that doesn't really work um, I think the other it option can. you know it can it, 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 if, if whoever has published those apps it is is providing updates and we can yes. access yeah. those updates yeah. then we can um, so you know that comes down to selecting the right yes. tools and selecting the right products. Um, it's a little bit before you get a dependency on them. It's yeah. a little bit different if they're per tenant extensions that have been specifically coded for you as bespoke. Um, because first of all, well, first of all, who owns it? So uh, I've got some passionate views on this, which is that if you've paid the customer for the, if you paid the partner for time, you should own the product of that time, which is the IP. So that source code belongs to you. But the problem is that that source code, (laughs) contractually it might not, but also the source code often is not, you know, in in the business central extension world, the source code might not be on your system and we might not be able to get at it if it's a runtime extension. So in effect, then the partner is holding you to ransom because something that you've paid for the creation of, they're then saying, we're not gonna give you if you want to go else unless you continue your commercial relationship with us. So I would urge everybody out there to have that conversation before they start their business central implementation to say, if we pay you for any bespoke, any PTEs, we want access to the code and we want to be able to take it to wherever we want to go and end up. And you know, arguably we used to talk about this thing called escrow, um, which was putting the, you know, software companies used to put their source code into escrow. So if they went bust, then the customers would have access to it. The, that conversation, wasn't relevant in the nav world it yeah, is very relevant in the business world. if you've got nav 
in fact, actually, if you've got NAV, you probably need to, to worry about that particular thing less because the, the source yeah, code is out and we it. can access it. Well, not all of it. Well, as long as it's not in a in a It's in retrograde a that we, Microsoft... Microsoft shouldn't allow the upload of a PTE into a customer, into a customer system without the, um, used to be show my code, there's now three different tags for different levels of, of, of code involvement. Yeah, but that's your opinion, they should, they, but they, they do, do. Yeah. they do. So at the moment it is possible and we have had customers transfer to us where they have per tenant extensions where we can't access the source code and therefore, and we can't even those, debug it either, can we? And we can't debug it. We can't. We can't do anything with it, really. So the only option but we have is sit there and hope it works. Well, you know? yeah. Well, it, what happened in this particular case is that the the BC nineteen update failed um, because of that extension. So the only the only thing they could do to fix it was to uninstall that extension, and we had to write them a new extension from scratch so that was their only that was the only way we could get it now in this particular case it was only small so it wasn't a major issue however yes. you know depending on 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 the the amount of, of bespoke development you've got that could be a very very significant i issue. get accused of being a microsoft fanboy and i probably you know, <laughs> uh, I've, I've been uh, i probably am in in some respects but i think it is appalling that microsoft have created a situation where their customers could be blackmailed by unscrupulous partners. And it, it is, you know, uh, it, it's tantamount to blackmail. It is, I can't use another word for it, that's a strong word, but it, in this instance, it is completely justified. However, it may not just be that people are unscrupulous, you know, we're, we're, over the last few years, there's been a lot of change. You know, the, as developments, when they were first done, people might not have set the settings right. To upload the source code, no one ever goes yeah, back and yeah. checks. So it, it might be, it might have been done innocently, but it's still done. There's and enough publicity about out this. Out of ignorance, sometimes. Ignorance, I think there's been yeah, enough publicity yeah. around this, and and kind of enough obvious signs. I am obviously not as sceptical as you. I'm, I'm. I James think you know, this is a man who bought a Zune, not an iPod. So that's how much of a Microsoft fanboy. <laughs> <laughs> I bought an iPad. Oh, well, iPod, iPod shortly Zoom after. It was the iPod equivalent of Microsoft came out. I did buy one. Zoom Zoom I, bought, I bought an iPod about <laughs> two weeks later because the Zune was crap. But yeah, look, it, you know, it shouldn't be at the expense of customers. And and kind of you know, if the customer. It, it, it comes well, back to divorce is, again. The good thing is that if the so relationship has broken down, then yeah. but the customer so, should it, be able it, to go and find another It used to be one. quite difficult for a customer to go and see what development they've got in their system. Mm. You know, they have to go to object designer, look what's modified. You, if it was ticked and you knew it was modified, but you couldn't really know what it was unless it was documented. Mm. Whereas now, actually, if they go into extension management and they look at the PTEs, they can actually they can just the question. Right click and go download source. Yeah, well, if, you, yeah. if it's a PTE, yeah, exactly. if so, it's per tenant extension and you can't download the source, then yeah. you so are being held, you are potentially now. held to ransom. So this this is from BC, but you, you search for extension management, which will give you a list. Yes. 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 Right so, so it's much easier to source. do now than potentially it was before. So that's that that that's a good thing for the customer, I mean, providing that the partner that has deployed that extension has allowed them access. To be to clear, um, you know, I think ISVs, it's where it's a per tenant extension that's been created for you. ISVs 
you know, protect their source. Yeah, and it's a, you, what you have then with an ISV is a license to use. You don't have a license to have the source. But typically, you pay for an ISV because you don't want to pay the huge cost of having custom development. Yeah. So you pay a lot less to buy the product. That's the, that's, that's the idea. That's correct. And, yeah, and also, also your new partner should be able to yeah. go back to that yeah. ISV and, 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 and yeah, rekindle the relationship. That's you're, why it's... You're paying maintenance and the expectation is that they will release a new version that will work with BC20 yes. and the yeah. new version's coming. So it's, it's, it's a uh, totally uh, different thing. But like James said, the part, a new partner would be able to contact the ISV. They would, it, yeah. you don't have that. Rekindle the relationship. Yeah. 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 I mean, the, the, the other thing, the one thing with ISVs is that you can set in an extension that the code um, isn't shown. And, and I have a real problem, again, with ISVs. One of my qual- quantifiers for whether an ISV is good or bad. This is James' therapy session. <laughs> it is. Um, is, you know, the code not being shown at a debug level. So, you know, talking about Clever Dynamics, which is our ISV, most people know, um, you know, all of the the, the Clever Dynamics uh, apps, effectively, um, any partner can debug through the code to see, you know, if something's going wrong, why and how and where, and diagnose that. Now, there's only one little bit we don't do, show my code, which is the licensing enforcement, which for obvious reasons, we're not gonna, enable people to reverse engineer but we've specifically structured it so that that is in a separate part a separate what's called library extension and that is the only bit where we don't do that debug so the partners are, can do what they're so partners to do. the help desk can yeah. get on with sorting the problem um potentially you know without trying to uh, help us yeah. to yeah, yeah, quicker, the code, get the result from the support desk you will be able to resolve the issue quicker and i think all isvs should be you know should start to realise that actually the code is not where the value lies. The value lies, in effect, is the knowledge to create the code, not the code itself. Yeah, the code under, is just understanding the process and enhancing that process, as opposed to and keeping it going yeah. with subsequent updates coming out. So you know, hopefully, more and more ISVs will will follow that approach of kind of being less distrustful of people ripping off their code. Look, if somebody wants to go rip off the uh, the Clever Dynamics code, feel free, good luck. You know, we struggle to maintain it, to keep it up to date and all the rest of it. So, <laughs> so if somebody who hasn't written it wants to have a go, you knock yourself to, out, particularly for one or two steps. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It, you know, that that's, it, it's, it's not really practical, I think, for somebody to take your code and rip off, rip it off. So, just, um, just take the app. Yeah, it's easy. Just take the app. It's not. It's you know that, that, that's not sensible. So there are you know um, I would love our community to be full of people with total scruples and you know you know our mantra at Techman is always spend the customer's money like it's your own. Um, do what's right by the customer and that you get your reward with their loyalty. Um, the majority of partners are. I mean, we yes. work with partners, and, and when a partner does transfer, it happens to every single partner. Sometimes there's a better fit, you know, whatever. They've got something particular they can offer. Um, you work to make sure the customer has a smooth transition. And the, the one example I've given today, 
the partner is working don't with us don't to tell us what, what license they're on so we could find out what the problem was. They've been really good. Don't burn your bridges because, in effect, you know, it, it's a small world and your reputation stands you in good stead. That's almost yeah, worth it. So, mostly, I think what we're trying to say is talk to your partner while the relationship is good so you understand exactly well, what you even, can and can't access. Even if the relationship, you know, has reached the end of the road, you just say, well, look, this isn't working for us. It's a bit like that divorce conversation again. You know, uh, we should go our separate ways. You'll be happier and we'll be happier. I'd just like to clarify me and James are not married. <laughs> yes, I'll clarify that. No, no, no. no um, but yes, I'm probably an acrimonious one involving lawyers as well, Liz. But, um, you know, I think that that um, situation is, is sometimes you've got to have a difficult conversation with that. But look, if the partner has any form of integrity, they're going to want to end the relationship on as good terms as it's possible to do so because they never know when you know some Doesn't other possible yeah, customer is going to be talking yeah. to, to you and saying, How did you find them? and so on. And it's it's you know, right it's not always not right because the relationship's else. gone sour, is it? Sometimes the partner will change its focus, which means that you know they might be yeah. doing more of a vertical. different product. They might have moved into a different vertical. You know, they might have been bought out by a company that is forcing their strategy to change. So there can be lots of reasons for it. So I think what we're saying is make sure you understand what you've got, yeah. where it sits, what you're signed up to, and how easy it would be to do should you ever need to. It's just Absolutely. a little bit of an insurance mm-hmm. insurance check. Um, just to make sure that it's safe because it's so valuable. Getting educated, isn't it? On on you as the end user, the people are going to struggle here if there's a problem. Um, I don't think a lot of partners do do it deliberately, but they would sell in... in Well, like you said, sometimes it is ignorance. And because there has been so much change over the, the last few years, things may not have been done properly. So, uh, and no one will ever go back and check. Hey, look, the so business central community is a large one, right? And like any large community, there are one or two unscrup- less scrupulous individuals, let's say less scrupulous to be kind. Um, so, you know, we, we've seen instances of, of um, back in the perpetual days, you saw instances where partner licenses were all over customers that you know, Microsoft had no knowledge of. Um, there has been license fraud. Money motivates yeah, people in different go. ways, if and, you, and you know, sti- this is just. If you're still on Nav and not Business Central, first question is why. But the second <laughs> question would be: just check your license. If it hasn't got your it, name it's on, not yours. <laughs> why? Find out why. Because you know that that it does unfortunately happen, and we all wish it didn't, but it does. And you know, it, it's um, it's the number of times I've had to have a conversation with a cust- or prospective customer to say, well, actually, you don't. You may not own what you think you own. Um, yes, you may have paid a lot of money for something, but is it correctly licensed and all the rest of it? Now, we're moving into a subscription world and there's, you know, the, the unscrupulous activity is slightly different, but um, it doesn't mean to say it's difficult to ask. people will always find a way of gaming if it's not being paid you get turned off and I think you'll, yes. you'll soon know about that yes but it, there's different ways of people kind of um, being less scrupulous so uh, it a little bit of education can help customers um, protect themselves and yeah. you know that's for those of us that do have um, integrity um it's a good thing the customers are educated because, in effect, it, it keeps the world cleaner. Yeah, indeed, indeed. Okay, I think, uh, I know next week, James, you're off to Directions North America, aren't you? 
Fly out, yeah. Um, day after tomorrow, out to uh, Florida, which I hope is a bit sunnier than here in the grey UK. That'd and be difficult, um, won't it? Yeah. Directions North America. So first one since 2019. So it's a couple of years since I've seen um, a lot of the partners over there and, and people. Um, and it'd be. I know there's um, yeah, there's one or two announcements that are coming with the first of uh, April. Obviously, Business Central uh, Wave One release is released first of April. Microsoft is using the event um, because it coincides with that um, to announce there's some licensing variations coming on here. Great, so everything we just said. NCD is Microsoft all up, this is Disney Central. We'll do another podcast after with Absolutely. an update. <laughs> I'll, I'll get back I'm still bleary eyed and jet lagged, you can uh, you can pummel me in the corner and ask what I learned here. Okay. Okay, thank Great you everybody. Thank and, you. Uh, see you next time.